I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Are you ready to have loving communication with your partner? Ready to have effective communication with your boss or How about clear communication with your mom? Well, I've packed everything I've learned in the past 35 years to have effective, positive communication in both your business and personal relationships and into one thing. And I've created the ultimate guide to effective communication in every relationship. This is the last in a three-part series. And today, the juice is coming. In this episode, you'll learn my five-step process to effective communication in every relationship. And I got some surprises, so stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. You're here. <laughs> Yay. How are you? How are you? What's been happening? What's the 411? If you've got kids like me, you're aware that your summer is winding down and school is going to start again way too soon. You know, I'm from New York originally and here in Northern California, where I live right outside San Francisco, uh, school starts, my kids start like August 16th or something. It, it's in the, in the middle of August. In New York, school always started the Tuesday after Labor Day. So September, whatever that was, the first week in September sometime. 
And here it starts on a Tuesday usually, but it's uh, always in August sometime. I think it's nuts. I think if everything just started then, it'd be so much easier. But apparently no one asked my opinion, even though I think they should. You know, I want to control everything. So anyway, getting ready for school to start. I'm very happy that we'll be back in class physically. Uh, we had it was a little bit of a shit show, wasn't it, this last year? But definitely, <laughs> definitely going to be better. All right. So. Today's episode is brought to you by me. I wanted to let you know that this podcast is now on Audible. And so if you've got Audible, please do me a solid and go leave a review on Audible for the podcast. You know, more people find it, the more reviews there are. Even if you've left a review on iTunes or somewhere, if you could leave one more, I'd really appreciate it. And if you haven't left a review yet anywhere, hello, I really need it. Come on, help me out. Leave a review on iTunes is usually the easiest place. Um, we always link to it in the show notes on the podcast page, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. We always have a way that you can easily go leave a review. So you, if you want to start there and it'll link you through and you can go do it, that's fine too. Uh, but anyway, here we are. So let's get to it. So uh, I, I started season four with a bang. And we did, I'm doing this three-part series that's dropping all at once so you can binge watch or listen to all three. As I mentioned in the last episode, we are now on, I'm now recording these uh, visually for YouTube. So you can get it there, you can get it here, you can get me anywhere. Uh, If you want to watch my mug talk, I don't know, to me it's so boring, but uh, if you like it, God bless you. Um, so today we're going to go, we're going to jump right to it. We're going to talk about the five-step process to effective communication in every relationship. And this is it. You know, this is the real deal. And uh, let me, oh, I'm, I'm stuttering. So, okay. So we covered you know, you can now, you now know if you, if no one's listening, you know, if you've lost your audience because you, you listen to the other podcasts, you now know the real, the reasons why you've had difficulty communicating in the past. So again, now we're armed with that and we're ready to go in and have some great dialogues where people feel understood, heard, appreciated, all the things. And now comes my little bit of a surprise <laughs> is that I'm, I'm not going to give you like my top five communication tips, you know, which I've done a hundred times. Although I am, because I love you, going to give you a few tips at the very end. Because <laughs> I just can't help myself, can I? Um, but I really, this is a process. And once you get this down, you can have effective communication anywhere. Again, at work, at home, doesn't matter. And so, and all, and the reason, you know, again, these tools fail and things fail is because you're not, you got to have a process to put the tools in. So that's the thing you, you know, so you, you know, you could be building a carburetor. I don't know, like I know how to do that, but I don't know anything about cars, but you could be building a carburetor. You could have all the tools to do it, but if you don't have a kind of process for what to do, you know, those tools are sort of useless. And that's really the same way here. So I'm giving it to you today. You were getting it all. So let's start with step one. And that is that you have to set yourself up basically for success. And what you're going to find in this process is that most of the things I'm going to tell you are what you do before you start communicating, before you have the conversation. Oh, and let me also say before I jump in that what I'm going to describe today is really about what you would do if you want to, if you know, like, hey, this thing my partner did 
is bugging me and I want to have a, a conversation about it where we have good communication. Um, or, you know, I keep complaining to my kids about leaving their dirty dishes out and they never clean them up. I want to figure out how to communicate more effectively with them so that they start doing that. Uh, so it's really in these situations where you're trying, you know, there is something you've kind of identified and you're trying to, you know, go after it. There are other times when your partner, like, let's say your partner comes at you with something and, you know, you were, I don't know, you were folding laundry or something and then all, and then, you know, they sort of come at you with something and the, and you got caught off guard and the communication breaks down. This process I'm giving you will help there also, but for the sake of ease in the podcast today, I'm going to be telling you, you know, talking about it as if you're going to, you want to talk to someone and set it up for, you know, success. So to be effective. So step one is, is setting yourself up for success, which, uh, and I think this is the reason so many communications, you know, fail because of these little simple things. And there's two things I want you to be aware of and the, to set yourself up for success. And the first is timing. When you're ready to effectively communicate, you want to make sure you have time. I know it seems obvious, but people don't do this. You don't want to be rushed, uh, glancing at your watch, feeling impatient, and or any of those things. And you don't want the other person to have any of those things. You need to make sure they have time. So, and sometimes it's great to actually make an appointment for a talk, to set up a time to talk and to make sure that you have the physical space, the emotional space to really have a, a meaningful and a, an effective conversation. And this can also help if you're like me, because sometimes I can kind of chicken out when I know I'm supposed to be talking about something. Uh, sometimes I chicken out. And that's not good. So uh, this way, if I kind of out myself, if I say to Gary, hey, I have something I really want to talk to you about later, you know, it's all good. It's, it's, it's fine. You don't want to scare people. You know, I just, I have this thing. I need your feedback or I, I'd like some inf more information. Uh, let's talk tonight after dinner. And that way, if I try to chicken out later, I can't because he's going to say to me, what's that thing you want to talk about? So that can sometimes help. But again, it's like creating that time and not feeling rushed. And let me say also having a time, you know, marking out enough time doesn't mean endless time. This, you don't talk for five or six hours about something. No one can listen for that long. I, clients come in all the time and tell me that they had some big important conversation for five hours. And I'm thinking, what torture? Don't do that. It's okay not to do that. And it's also important to pay attention to the time of day you're speaking don't have these conversations at midnight or one in the morning or until one in the morning or midnight. Have them earlier in the day. No one has the bandwidth for thinking clearly after a long day. I don't care if you're a night owl. I don't care. You don't. It's much better to do the thinking and the thoughtfulness earlier. So please, please do that. And I also want to say it's really great, a great time to have this kind of conversation is when you're not upset with the person. When you're getting along great with your coworker is a wonderful time to communicate whatever it is you need to communicate because you're both in a better place. And the problem is we usually avoid conversations at that point because we're thinking, well, we're getting along. I don't want to rock the boat, but it's actually an excellent time to have the conversation. You really have good outcomes. The other piece uh, here to set it up is to eliminate distractions as best you can. And effective communication means you're only doing that. 
when you're effective at anything, you're only doing that. Basketball players are not on the court also answering emails, right? They're just doing the thing. They're just focusing on the thing. So no multitasking. I don't even care if it's something rote. Don't multitask. Don't be in an environment with lots of other things pulling at your attention. So, you know, kids, coworkers, laundry, a hunger is pulling at your attention. None of that. Cell phones especially or any electronics should literally like a TV turned off, not just down with the volume, off. Cell phones away, literally. Don't even have them out on the table, even turned over. We know from the research that uh, having cell phones out even turned over worsens communication. I did a whole episode uh, on fubbing, it's called, uh, when you're using your cell phone to ignore other people or to be distracted. So you can, I'll link to that in the show notes, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. And uh, you can listen more about that there. I'm not going to go into it here, but it's so important that you don't do any of that. Okay. That's step one, right? Pretty easy. You can take care of that. Step two, ask yourself why you want to have this conversation. You've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, my kids would die right now if they knew I said that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's your motivation for this conversation? And what do you want the end game to be? And it's so funny, you know, I've done all this work in organizations for years. And I have to tell you, you never go into a meeting at work and not know why. Unless you're getting fired. <laughs> Sometimes they don't tell you why. But do you know what I mean? Like any meeting, there's meetings, thousands of meetings at, at organizations across the country, uh, across the world. Sorry, uh, you, this is multiple countries listening. Everywhere. And guess what? There's an agenda. There's a clear outline. There's why we're having the meeting. Everybody knows people even prepare to go into the meeting. They make sure they have time. They make sure they have the right materials, get, get the hint, uh, all that. But for some reason, and, and so you know what you want to accomplish when you go to a work meeting, even if it's to brainstorm ideas, even if it's not like there's an end result, but you know what you're trying to problem solve something or come up with a, you know, a real, what the real problem is underneath something else, whatever. But you have something you're trying to accomplish. There's a goal. And for some reason in our one-on-one relationships, we often just think, well, I'm upset about this. So I'm going to say X, you know, I'm going to talk about it without any clear forethought about it, why we're doing it or anything else. And I say to people a lot, do you want to be correct or effective? So you can be right all day long. And that's why maybe you're trying to talk about something, but it, it, you're going you're gonna to lose. <laughs> it's not going to go well because it's not going to be effective. So I'm right when I tell my son Max for the 20th time <laughs> to please put his dirty dishes in the dishwasher, not in the sink, not next to the sink, not leaving him in his room. I am absolutely correct. I am absolutely right when I tell him that. But if I've had to repeat that 10 times, then I'm not very effective right? I'm saying the same thing over and over. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. You, uh, I, I just was speaking to a client the other day who was mad at a coworker because uh, she, my client was waiting for a report that she needed to finish her part of a project. And this coworker was not giving her the report, even though she'd asked multiple times again. So she's, so she feels like she shouldn't have to do any digging or go deep. Uh, she's so annoyed. She's like, the person just has to give it to me. I don't need an explanation. I don't need to know why. They just have to do it. And I said, but they're not. And it's screwing up your work. So you have to figure this out. You have to talk to them. And 
too often we don't do that. Too often we just think it is, I'm right, so that's it, and I'm done with the conversation, and that's not going to get you anywhere. So you're going to have to figure out, again, do you want to be correct or effective? But Because being right, it's not enough. I'm sorry. I know. I always feel right, and I still have to talk to people, so so do you. So, and when you get out of being right, you know, like you're just talking to someone to be correct, to be correct, you can really ask yourself again, what your motivation is to have the conversation in the first place. Are you pissed and want to take it out on your partner for making you feel that way? Are you trying to control a friend or, you know, a kid or a situation? Like when you look at your motivation, what I have found is that you might find that you either need to wait for another time to have the conversation or that your approach needs to be radically changed. Sometimes if you look at your motivation, you'll see that you're not, don't even need to have this conversation. That's pretty common <laughs> that this isn't, isn't good. So basically there's three cre- questions you want to ask yourself before you have a conversation. And that, and those are really, what's my end game? You know, what are you hoping to get out of this discussion? Number two and three are just as important though. They are, how do I want the other person to feel at the end of this talk? If you want the other person to feel um, motivated or inspired and you just are yelling at them, guess what? Not going to happen. So it's going to change your your communication. It's going to change how you come at them depending on how you want them to feel at the end. And then lastly, you want to ask yourself, how do I want to feel at the end of this conversation? Do you want to walk away uh, feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or annoyed with yourself for getting mad or whatever. No, you want to walk away feeling in- inspired and connected and uh, comforted and understood and all those good things. So guess what? It's going to change how you approach something. And these things are so important. Step three. Now, you hopefully you see a theme here, and that is that all of this is prep because that's what it is. So much of this stuff is about preparation, about thinking ahead, just like you would for a meeting at work, just like you would anytime you want to effectively communicate, you have to have some things in place first. And the rest of it goes so much easier. And I I really talk about this, like if you were going to paint a room, (laughs) I used to think I, I would like to paint until I actually painted with someone who knew what they were doing and was making it look professional. I hate painting because 90% of painting is prep. If you're going to paint a room to actually look nice, you have to, you know, you have to edge, you have to put like tape up everywhere. You got to outline the windows and the corners and the thing. You have to tarp the furniture. You've got to put stuff down on the floor. You got, I mean, you have to prep for a really long time to then slap some paint on the wall. (laughs) And I like the slap and the paint on the wall part, but I, I didn't always like the prep part. And guess what? That's a big piece of this. So you need to fit, you need to get clear that that's communication also and that's why those tools you've been working before have not worked it's another reason you you can have all the great tools in the world again but if you if you really aren't clear about how you know this other piece they're just not going to work they're going to fall they're going to fall flat or they're going to work for a short period and then stop working so step 3 is to be mindful and set intention and i talk about mindfulness a ton i have whole podcasts and YouTube videos and chapters of my book, everything devoted to mindfulness. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here, but I am going to say this. You want to check in with yourself before you start the conversation and as often as possible during the conversation so that you can be fully present and in your own mind and body and really checking in. How am I feeling emotionally right now? 
you know, maybe you're noticing some tightness or changes in your body as opposed to your feelings. Some of us are farther from our feelings than others. And you got to act, not react in the situation. So if I'm talking to Gary and he's saying something to me, uh, Gary's my partner, and he's saying something to me that, and I notice that I'm getting defensive, I'm getting upset, I'm getting scared, I'm getting worried. You know, I'm not listening very well anymore. And I just want to calm myself down in those moments. I want to notice I'm having those reactions. Sometimes I even say it out loud. I'll say like, oh, I'm noticing I'm getting kind of, you know, defensive and I don't want to be. Just give me a second here. Let me check in. You know, I need to hear that you love me as you're talking, something, you know, whatever I need in that moment so I can really be fully present. And it totally changes what's going to happen in the communication as opposed, again, to I can act, I can be thoughtful, rational, as opposed to reacting from an old behavior. And you know, you've walked away from a conversation going like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? What was I thinking? Why did I get so mad? Or oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. Uh, Now I remember. Why did I forget that? Mindfulness puts an end to all that crap. All that crap goes away. Your internal dialogue will not sound like that anymore because you'll actually be in the moment doing the right thing. I will say I have a uh, mindfulness starter kit that you can download. It's on the shop page of my website, abbymetcalf.com. There's a shop page. You do not, it's, you don't have to buy it. It's free. It really is free. You don't have to put in a credit card. I am not sleazy. If you don't know that by now, I don't know what to do with you. Everything I have is really meant to be helpful. So, uh, I make money. I don't mind making money. And if I'm selling something, I'll let you know, but I, I'm not weird in any other way. So, (laughs) so when I tell you something's free, it's free. So go download it. Go use it and so you can start being mindful more often um, and really check that out. So, but the really the best way I think to be mindful and to be checking on myself and to be giving myself that kind of mental cue to be checking on myself is setting intention. I talk about this a lot also. And once again, I have lots of uh, videos and other things around it, which I will link to uh, if you come to the show notes page or under the video, if you're watching this on a video. but. I call it basically the 18 second shift when you set intention, because that's about how long it takes. And really, again, it's a game changer. And when you set intention, so like, so I might start a conversation with someone by saying something like, hey, I might talk to Gary, right? I might say, hey, hey, babe, I want to talk to you about whatever the thing is, you know, and we're sitting down and it's. I want you to know it's my intention to be patient, uh, to really listen to your thoughts and feelings about this. I plan to be loving and open, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, really us connecting about this and finding a solution together. That's the intention I'm bringing in. And you can ask the other person their intention. And I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. Again, it's kind of a game changer with how people then present in the, in the, in the little meeting you're having. It just sets the tone. It calibrates you to that higher level, all the good things. So again, excuse me, I have all that somewhere else, but I do want to say two things in here really quick before I go to step four. And that is you got to remember that you need to connect to correct. So meaning, you know, you have to have an emotional connection with someone if you want them to listen well and change, you know, how you're interacting together. So when you set intention, and you remind the other person that you know that you love them or that you want to connect or that the relationship is valuable to you maybe you're at work and you know you're not going to necessarily tell your boss you love them right but that the 
this is an important uh, relationship to me. When you do that, you're making that connection. You are connecting so that you can then, quote unquote, correct behavior. You can ask for things. You can talk to them about what's not working. But without that emotional connection there first, it really doesn't work. And again, when you ask someone for their intention, you're really connecting, right? You know, you're really bringing that together. And sometimes it can seem a little artificial at first, but I promise you, uh, actually for me, it never seems artificial, but I promise you, even I have done this with the most straight people you can imagine who are not remotely, you know, spiritual or have any, just very analytical or whatever, and they get it. They get it and they see the change that happens and they are on board. And I also want to say this is really connected to this is that to again, help you stay motivated to really do this stuff is that we connect with feelings, not thoughts. You don't connect with a thought. You connect with a feeling. So it's important to share how you're feeling, you know, telling someone, I'm a little nervous to speak to you about this. You know, this is really hard for me. Um, I'm, I'm feeling uh, scared right now, whatever it is. I'm feeling really sad. Uh, before and during the conversation too, you know, check in with feelings during a conversation. Uh, because this is how, again, you connect. And at any point, if you want to stop a conversation, and I've done this in business meetings, I've done this in a bunch of ways. And just when I've noticed, you know, some tension, often if I notice it with myself, I'll stop and say to the other person, um, how are you feeling? Like, can I just stop you for a minute? Right now, how are you feeling as you say this to me? Like, wh what are you feeling right now? And it really really, it's incredible. It grounds you in the moment. It brings you really right here. Thoughts kind of can put you off into the, into the atmosphere. Asking for feelings will ground you in the moment into the here and now. It's incredibly effective. And I do want to be, uh, want to share with you to be mindful that people share their fee their feelings and not thoughts. We often, uh, when I ask a client how they feel, they'll answer me with a thought. It did happen so much. You know, I I might ask, hey, how are you feeling? And they'll say, well, I'm feeling that there's no way out of this. I'm feeling um, like, you know, like the like this other person should do X, Y, or Z. You know, they 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 talk about thoughts. And I just have to say to them, that's a thought. I, I need a feeling, you know, mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, happy, whatever. What's your feeling? And Sometimes it takes a few times, I'm not going to lie, for people to get to their feelings. It depends on how far away from from their feelings this person is that you're talking to. But it's often, I've had people get mad at me, upset with me for like, stop asking this question because they don't want to talk about their feelings. And guess what? You got to. That's how we get to the meat. That's how we get to the good stuff. So just stay loving and kind and you'll get there. All right. Step four. You got to come from love, not fear. I know. I talk about it a lot. I know. I understand. But I talk about it a lot because it's such a key. And I would say in my experience really overall, it's probably the number one culprit for poor communication is your conscious or unconscious fear. And your fear shows up in a number and a bunch of fear-based feelings and behaviors, right? So if you're feeling anxious, jealous, worry, concern, helpless, hopeless, rage, resentment, uh, frustration, overwhelm, guess what? You're in a fear-based emotion. And all of these feelings, if you're feeling them, are going to leave you wanting, you're going to end up feeling like you want to control, maybe lash out, punish, withdraw, isolate, 
uh, leave you feeling ashamed or worried or self-conscious. I mean, all the things. And the person you're talking to is going to pick up on this fear. They, they pick up on it. We learned about that in the previous section, that 50 bits versus 11 million bits. If you haven't, go back, listen to it. I'm not going to keep repeating it in each section here, but you, you know, they are picking up what you're laying down, whether you do it consciously or unconsciously. And actually what they're picking up on most is your unconscious as we know. So you got to take care of the fear first. You've got to. And no matter what, when you enter into a conversation where you, know, you want to effectively communicate, you've got to have an intention that fo- when you set that intention I just talked about, it has to focus on a love-based emotion. So, and I'm not talking, you know, maybe you're talking to your boss who you really just dislike. So I'm not saying you're supposed to love your boss. I'm saying, be curious. That's a love-based emotion. Try to find some empathy. Uh, maybe find kindness, appreciation, gratitude, openness, openness. That can be more neutral. Find some humor in it you know, connection, ease, comfort, compassion, all these things are love-based emotions. And you have to come from that. And it has to be clear because again, the other person is going to pick up on whatever you really think, whatever's really going on below. And that's going to create a problem. You know, you got to get yourself into this state, into this loving, love-based emotional state and that frame of thinking before you start the conversation. Or if it's already in the middle of a conversation and you see it where it's going, because sometimes it's hard to stay in this space, you might start it, but then be in the middle of the conversation, realizing that you're angry and defensive and interrupting and everything else. If that happens, just bring yourself back. Find that love-based emotion. Find your curiosity again. Find that space again. Because... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You, you can't have, you can't base a conversation on fear and have it be effective in the long term. So sure, you know, if someone, uh, and I'll tell you, you know, this is true. Uh, if you've ever, let's say, threatened a breakup or divorce or something to a partner because they're not doing something and you're like, I'm, you know, I'm leaving unless you blah, blah, blah. The, your partner will likely do that thing that you've been looking for, for a short period of time. They don't keep doing it it goes away because fear only works short term as a motivator. You've got to get underneath it. You have to get underneath it. And again, you have to align your conscious and your unconscious thinking so that the person isn't picking up on your fear, that they're picking up on this love, on this love-based emotion. And uh, again, I have a free uh, 
toolkit to align your conscious and unconscious minds, which is at the base of all of these episodes on communication. So please come download that. Please come get that. Please look at your little toolkit and use the tools to align that thinking so that you can really be congruent when you talk. It's going to go, oh my gosh, it's going to do, it's going to, that, you know, painting the room, it's going to do all the prep. (laughs) It's going to do all that prep work and all you have to do is paint after that. It's much easier. Okay. Step five. So step five is to be curious and ask good questions. And normally, you know, this is going to blow your mind. So get ready. Okay. I'm going to give you a whole new way to have these conversations in, you know, and really communicate. Normally we start a conversation with telling the other person, right? Our thoughts and feelings about something. That's the whole reason I want to talk to you about X and, and you know, all that good stuff. You know, you're feeling hurt. You're feeling misunderstood. You want to let the other person know what you need from them instead, right? That's really what communication means. If you're listening, it's because you want to be able to get other people to do what you want. (laughs) Really, right? That's why I'm so good at it because I'm so controlling. That's why I talk about it all the time. No, you know what I mean though. You're looking to have the other person really uh, come on board with what you're saying. And I get that. That's fine. But the problem with this way of presenting something is that you're going into the conversation telling the other person that they're doing something wrong, either consciously or unconsciously. And that creates a huge problem because it's going to put them on the defensive no matter how nice or thoughtful your words, no matter how you present it. And you've been there. You know I'm telling the truth. You've, I know because you tell me all the time. I said it. I said it so nice, Abby. I, no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. You know, the conversation devolves into blah, blah, blah. And again, that's because you haven't done the other steps first. We have to do those other steps first. We have to stick to them. And, and, because, and also because even if you've done the other steps sometimes, you're coming at it in this other way, and I'm going to change the game for you today. So what you really want to do, and I want you to think about this, you want to come into the conversation, right, with total curiosity. I talk about it all the time. So it's not, you know, why are you acting this way? Why is he acting this way? Why is she acting that way? It's, instead, it's got to be, huh, I, huh, I wonder why he's acting that way. I wonder why she's doing that. That is completely different. That's where the compassion is. That's where the curiosity is. Now, if you really are curious, the only thing to do is ask questions. When you're curious about something, you ask questions. <laughs> you, you ask to have it explained to you. So starting a conversation with good questions will change the game. And good questions are questions that, you know, really elicit conversation, uh, they uh, bring out vulnerability, which brings out trust, brings out openness. They're not interrogating why questions. They're truly interested questions you're asking to better understand what's happening. So in, again, usually you would start that conversation. Let's say you're upset. Let's say it's your partner. You're upset with your partner about something and you want to talk to them about it. So normally you would do that, right? And you would even do those other steps maybe and be so fabulous and set your intention, do all those things right. And then though, you start the conversation saying, you know, uh, it, I, it really hurt my feelings when you did this the other day. Here's how I saw it. Here's what I thought, right? Again, so it's setting them up to be defensive. I'm telling you, you did it wrong. I don't like it. No matter how nice you say that, that's what you're saying. So what if you asked a question to start? To start. So it might be, 
um, might be, uh, hey, you know, okay. So I want to understand better something you said the other day. Could you tell me more about what you meant when you said X? And again, remember, you've already done this other part of the process. You've set your intention. You've told them, you know, out loud what you and how you want to be, how you want to connect. You're feeling in the love space. So when you ask this from there, they will respond in kind. You'll see. They'll be right there with you. And if they're not for some reason, if you are out of alignment in some way, just stop and go, hey, wait, I, I, let's start again. Because it, I, uh, you know, it, it's feeling all right. I'm already feeling like we're getting anxious. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm curious. I really do want to know this. I want to understand better. I obviously don't understand. Could you tell me more about what you meant when you said X? Um, or you could say, uh, I know neither of us like that argument we had yesterday. If you had, if, if, if you had to say it to me again, you know, what you were trying to express to me yesterday, if you had to say it again, um, how would you say it differently? Like, I, I'm ready to, to listen differently. Tell me, how could you say that differently to me? Um, you could do the same thing. You know, I, I, I'd really like to hear what you were trying to tell me, you know, last week, but I got, I, I admit I got hurt and kind of shut down. Could you say it to me in a different way so I understand what you want, right? Do you see all the places I'm going here? That's to start a conversation. Now, you can also start much bigger and then come back to your specific issue, right? So remember, you have to connect before you correct. So sometimes that connection's not there enough and you want to do the connection first and then go into whatever the specifics is, are. Specifics is specifics are. So let's say you're whatever you're you're angry about. You know something is off kilter, and it's making you feel disconnected. It's making you you know you end up feeling disconnected, isolated, frustrated, resentful, whatever. So for a moment, just think about what you do want and think about how to get there. So what you could ask is your partner and say, Hey, you know, I really want to talk to you. You sit down, you do all the right things. Right. And say, I want to know what you, what do you want to see more of in our relationship? What would you like to see more of? And this is a great question because they can't answer in the negative. Sometimes if you ask someone, um, especially your partner, like, you know, what do you want to see change? Often they'll say, I want you to nag me less. I, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. I, I tell you what they don't want. That is not what you want. You, you know, what this way you're doing it the other way. What do you want to see more of in our relationship? Um, and, uh, and then have some follow-up questions. You know, what's one thing I could do? Let's say they say compassion. They want to see more compassion from you. Okay. More empathy. You can ask like, well, Hey, what's one thing I could do to show you more empathy? Uh, what's one thing I could say? So, you know, I'm feeling compassionate towards you and I'm showing you empathy. Or you could ask something like, when, when I'm doing it right, when we're hitting on all cylinders, what kinds of things am I doing? Because I don't always notice. What kinds of things am I saying? How do you know that we're connected? You know, anything. Do you see where this is all going? Again, you can do this with your friends, siblings, anybody, right? Again, start a conversation with questions. You, and you could start with this. Maybe you had a fight yesterday and now you want to come back and, and have a different conversation. You can say, how did, hey, how did you feel after yesterday's conversation? I wanted to ask how you felt after yesterday's conversation. And again, they might give you their thoughts. So really watch that and make sure that you get a feeling. 
Um, again, what's one thing you'd like to see more of in our relationship? What's one thing you'd like to see less of in our relationship? And try to do the one thing so you don't get a whole barrage of stuff. You know, what's the most important thing for you to see different? Uh, when have you felt fully understood and heard by me? When have you known I've had your back? Um, sometimes our partners or our friends or our moms <laughs> or our dads or whatever can say something that we decide means they don't like us or that they're mad at us or whatever. And instead, you want to be curious. So you might say, you know, you told me X yesterday. What was your intention telling me that? What What were you hoping for? What were you looking for the outcome to be? So, and what this does, it's such a great question because it really helps people. It helps them. You're kind of training the other person. You're doing all this work. Now you're kind of training them to start thinking about why did they say that to you? And I have said this to people and literally had them say to me, oh, you know what? I was kind of pissed at you. I was just, I was taking out my anger. It wasn't really nice, was it? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, and sometimes it doesn't start that way, but it'll come that way. But people kind of have some aha moments. They see now when you ask in that way that their intentions weren't very good or that they were saying this, but really what they were trying for was something completely different and they were totally missing the mark or they said it, but I totally misunderstood and thought it was about something else and it was actually about another thing. When you ask in that way, you really get that. And you know, you can't give anyone an aha. They have to figure it out for themselves. So when you ask things in this way, it helps you get there. What you really want to do is listen like you're wrong. I've said this a few times. Uh, it's the truth. You want to listen like you're wrong. You want to like, again, let go of being right or where you think the conversation should go and be open to what might, might evolve, what might come of it. If you can, you know, find some empathy and put yourself in the other person's shoes for a moment and find a solution and a way of interacting that works for both of you. You really want to ask questions that open people up and help you both build, be vulnerable because that's what builds trust. And trust is really a cornerstone of great communication, as you might know, right? You already know that. So you can also ask questions to clarify meaning. You know, be sure you understand what's being said. Again, can you tell me more about X? What did you mean when you said why? I still don't think I understand, you know, X. Can you say it to me in a different way? I really want to understand. All of these are ways to really clarify what someone is saying. And of course, you can also reflect back, you know, hey, what I heard you saying is, correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I heard you say. You know, you can do that. That stuff's really helpful in clarifying. So, and let me say this about how powerful this is. I want to give you a little real life example. I had a client who I see individually and uh, she was having um, a couple's session with a different therapist <clears throat> and her husband had said to her that there were in the last couple session that there were some things he really wanted to talk to her about that, you know, he was upset about some resentments that had been building that he just felt like he had to get off his chest in the next session. So I saw her on Thursday, the week before, and they were having a couple session, like on, I think that Monday. And she comes to me, you know, she's in session and she's really upset. Of course, she's anxious, right? How are you not anxious about that? You know, I'm so anxious, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be horrible. I got to hear all this stuff. I don't want to hear it. Da, da, da. I just know I'm going to lose my temper in there, whatever. She's saying me all this stuff to me. And I was like, hold the phone, stop what you're doing. 
And here's what we want to do. And I really took her through that process I just talked to you about. And here's what she did. And it was incredibly effective. And I'm just giving you one example of literally thousands I could give you from all the people I've worked with and from my own life. But here you go. So I said to her, first of all, do you, don't you kind of know what he's going to say? Like, are there going to be, do you think there's going to be any surprises in what he tells you that he's resentful about? Like you guys are in couples therapy. You've already been talking about stuff. He's already been telling you things he doesn't like, you know, you know what he's going to say. And she said, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I agree. I think I do. I still, I don't, you know, want to hear it. And I'm worried that I'm going to, you know, react in a way I don't want to. And I said, so here's what I want you to do. When you go into that session, and I want you to think about this all weekend, like in this way, that what is your intention? What do you want to get out of it, right? You want to have something where the two of you get closer, where you build trust, where you build compassion for one another, where you feel in love again, where you feel connected, where you feel ease, where you feel laughter again, where it's been anger. These are the things you want. So when you go into that session on Monday, and you want to be a good wife. You want to listen. You want to hear these things. You you believe you're there. You want to have his back. And this is what he thinks he needs. So when you go in that session on Monday, you let them know, the therapist and your husband, that you'd like to just start the session by saying one thing and then you're ready to listen. And and she did, by the way. And what she did was she went in and said, you know, something along the lines of, listen, I, you know, I've been a little nervous about what you're going to say, and I've really been working on it so that, because I, my intention is to be open, to listen to every single thing you say with an open heart, with a loving heart, with, I want to change these things. I want to connect with you. I want you to realize how much I love you and how I have your back. Uh, I want to be here for you a thousand percent. So I am right here. I'm going to completely listen, uh, and I'm going to just take in what you're saying I'm going to, I think she even said, I'm going to listen like I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to really hear it in that way. And I love you. And I want you to know that. And I'm really glad we're having this conversation. And at the end, uh, we're going to figure out a way through this. That's where I'm at. So they ha he, he explains the things and he says the things. And she says, you know, during the session, I was noticing that he didn't seem, it wasn't that bad. Like there was a lot of things I thought he was going to bring up that he didn't. And after he did that and she listened and they had a little, you know, feedback stuff after that, the therapist said to him and then to her, you know, he said, Hey, how'd that go for you? What did you think? And he said to her, her husband said to my client, he said to her, you know, I came in here like with a head of steam. I was so ready to tell you all these things. I have a list. I was ready. I was so mad. You know, I've been so resentful. He said, and you just completely disarmed me. The way you started, and again, remember, she was very congruent. She wasn't giving him a line. She wasn't saying she was going to listen, and really she wasn't. This was not a manipulation tactic. This wasn't an attempt to control, and he knew that because she was fully aligned with what she was doing. Her conscious and her unconscious were right there. So when she came across, he got it. He got the love. And you know what? It took the wind out of his sails. I think those are the words she said he used. It took the wind out of his sails, which is what you want. So he could actually really kind of distill down into what he really wanted and what he was really upset about. She then could really hear it better. She said, I, I didn't even really feel that reactive. You know, he didn't say anything that surprised me. I actually think he's right. I was able to tell him that. I get it. These are things I want to change about myself. And we, you know, we're able to do a little problem solving together. And I've had many clients come in. It's funny. If any of my clients are listening right now, some of them are going to think, hey, that's my story. And it, it's likely not. It's likely one of the other clients. 
<laughs> they just, they're similar. The stories are similar when you do this. So I have to tell you it works, it's incredible, and it changes the way a conversation is happening so that, again, you can use your tools. Now, because I love you and I know you need maybe a little bit more, just some little tricks and tips along with this, I'm going to give you just a few general guidelines also uh, to go along with this. So again, you've done all these things, you've done your five-step process, I just want to say you can do this. So let's say that the person is talking and you're really allowing it and you're really there, but they're starting to get really angry and upset and they're going on and on and on. I'm sure you've been there. You're kind of, you're, you don't want to roll your eyes, but you feel it because they just keep repeating themselves. It is the only time it's okay to interrupt, but I want to be clear how you interrupt because we talked about this in the last episode or the first episode, sorry, uh, episode 151, I talked about this. I, I want to be clear that, or maybe it was 152, sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I want to be clear that interrupting, you don't want to talk over that, but you do want to find that space and say, hey, wait, can I, can we, can we just stop for one moment? I'm going to let you finish. Can we just stop for one moment? Can you take a breath? Stop for one moment. I want to make sure you say everything you say. I am very, I am here a thousand percent. Right now, I'm starting to lose the thread because you've gone into like five different topics or whatever it is. Try not to exaggerate. You know, maybe you can just say you've gone into a few different areas that, you know, of things that you are upset about or want or whatever. And I want to be able to address them individually. Can we, is it okay with, do you, if you want to just go on and say them all, go for it. I, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be able to respond really well, but if you want to talk about each thing, could we maybe have a little break in each section so that we can have a little something to talk about it and then go to the next? Um, but I'm open for whatever you feel like you need to do. So, and then you can also, when someone stops talking, uh, you can say, are you ready for some feedback? Ask a question. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, you know, and really be there with them. Don't rush it. Be in the moment. They're very uh, effective ways to be there. Uh, when the other person's talking, you really don't want to rehearse what you're going to say. You can't fully listen if you're thinking of your response. So I, again, this is why sometimes it's great to maybe interrupt them a little because you're starting to lose the thread. And you can say that. I think it's really powerful and important, everything you're saying. I might not like it, but I get it. And I can't, really, you know, I'm losing it. I'm not really finding a space to really talk to you about it. So, you know, can we stop? That kind of thing. Uh, remember what I always say, it applies here too. Don't sack your relationship. Don't offer suggestions, give advice or criticize. And don't try to sneak in a suggestion in the form of a question, you know, oh, have you thought of doing X? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a no-no. So don't, when you're having, when you're effectively communicating, you're not offering suggestions or giving advice and you're certainly not criticizing. I also want you to, just a couple more points. I want you to get rid of all or nothing language. So don't utter the words you always X or, you know, or you never Y. Do not say those sentences. The problem is it's not true. So when you say it, the person you're saying it to, if you're if you're saying something like you always nag me or you never let me finish my sentences, they're saying there's times I haven't nagged you and there's times I've let you finish your sentences. So they are immediately discounting. You're lying. 
You are lying. You're an over-exaggerator, which you are at the moment. You're over-generalizing, you're exaggerating, and you're being maybe even a little melodramatic, I say with love. Whatever it is, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of lost. You're not going to effectively communicate from that space. So you need to check yourself. You need to bring yourself back to the present. You need to bring yourself into the moment because you're starting to get carried away if you're using that language and you're not effectively communicating in there. So do your best to get rid of that language. Just you know, really be specific. In that same way of looking, really watching your language, you've got to get rid of the word but. Unless you're saying you have a nice but, that's okay. But the, but but as a conjunction is out. So you have to replace it with and or just have nothing there. Uh, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I think this is, n- you just negated everything the other person said, and it really means you didn't hear them. You're saying I hear you, but you didn't. You might have... Uh, you might heard it, but you're not listening, you know, because you just negated it. So while they were talking, you were thinking of a rebuttal. That's what it means. And so you weren't. So no matter how you use it, but means you don't believe or agree with what the other person was just saying and you're rejecting it in some way. So instead, use that and I hear what you're saying. And what do you think of this? If you can put even in a, in a question, how much better, uh, you know, to see what they, it just comes across very differently. You'll have a very different communication. When you're problem solving, I'll say this is a last piece or trying to communicate because you're really trying to solve a problem, right? It's what we're doing most of the time. Say we instead of you as much as possible, no matter what situation is. So it's not, what are you going to do about this? It's, how are we going to solve this? How can we work together to make X happen? How can I help you with X so you know I have your back? Uh, if your partner is, let's say, really anxious and you're not, it's not for them to just figure out their anxiety. You know, and maybe their anxiety is really getting in the way of your relationship. You want to work on it together. If you're really jealous, you want to work on it together. It's not, I mean, Ultimately, the anxiety is this other person's problem and the, and the jealousy is your problem. Ultimately, I want you to take 100% responsibility. However, you can problem solve together. You can brainstorm together. You can think of things together. Just make sure that whatever solutions you come up with aren't about what the other person should do. So if your partner says, if your partner's super anxious and they're saying the, the way they want to solve the problem is for you to never um, disagree with them. <laughs> So they won't be anxious anymore. Obviously, that's not cool, right? That's not going to happen. The The problem solving has to be how you can support them in doing what they need to do to not be so anxious. So maybe it's that you don't complain about watching the kids while they go to therapy or something like that. You know, you can really talk about how you can problem solve that together or where you can find the money for them to go to therapy or, I, you know, I don't know. But again, you can make it a we without making it your problem either. It's just a, it's a solution that you come to as like a team, uh, the two of you. Uh, Really just in general, what you're trying to do with all of this is not set up sides. You know, I talk a lot about competition, you know, and getting into competition and different sides and keeping score. That's what you're getting rid of with all of this. Ah, We're done. We did it. That is it for today's 
little episode. I've officially wrapped this three-part series and the big opener of season four, The Complete Guide to Effective Communication in Every Relationship. Thank you very much. Cue applause. I'm applauding. I'm applauding. <laughs> applauding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to episodes 151, and 152 yet, definitely go back and check them out. All these episodes stand alone, but they're really one big guide to effective communication. And I definitely want to remind you to come to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast and download your free toolkit teaching you how to align your conscious and unconscious mind. Because once you get aligned, you'll really start creating self-confidence, uh, in a whole new way, self-esteem, along with a deeper connection with the people you love and the people you work with and the people you spend time with. And that's it. I am so happy you hung out with me. Thank you. Thank you. I know there's a lot of places you could be right now. Uh, I'm so just excited to spend this time with you. Remember that next week we'll be coming at you with an Ask Dr. Abby episode. I'm going to be peppering these back and forth between episodes where I'm uh, sort of teaching you something in my regular style uh, and doing all the research and all that. And then episodes where I'm just, you just asked Dr. Abby, where I'm going to answer your questions that you write into me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. Uh, we're going to have other ways for you to leave the questions uh, eventually uh, set up. But for now, that's the way. And uh, and that's it. I'm excited. I can't wait till next week and to talk to you some more. I love you. I'm very happy to be here with you, and I can't wait for all the things we're going to do this year together. All right. Take care and have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you, and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.